Well, hello there, cat people. Dan the Catman here, and welcome to the 30th episode of the Shelter Cats podcast, my labor of feline love. I'm recording this on a Friday night in early September. It's still hot. It's still humid. I still don't like it. My cats are handling it much better than me. They just sleep it off. They have water fountains. They have fans, air conditioners, dehumidifiers. But they're handling it much better than me. They're not complaining. I'm the one that's complaining. But anyway, it's all about the cats. It's not about me. I just, the older I get, the less I like summer. I used to love summer as a kid. I went to summer camp in every summer of the 80s. I went to summer camp for eight weeks. We had no air conditioning. We had fans. And I played sports. I mean, I tried to. I'm not an athlete. But we ran around. We swam in a lake. We swam in a pool. We had no air conditioning. We did fine. When I grew up as a kid, our schools had no air conditioning. I did fine. Now, I hate it. <laughs> I hate summer. I want winter. I can't wait for winter. I just, I just, the older I get, the more I like cold, bitter, cold, and snow, and ice, and I'm bundled up, and, and my cats are on my lap. That's the, that's the weather I love. But it's September. The holidays will be here soon. Halloween is my favorite time of year, so good times are ahead. But anyway, welcome to the show. I'm so, so excited. This was one of my holy grail guests to get on this show, and I got him. And very, 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 very excited about this interview. Um, So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. But that being said, as I always say on my show, I want to hear from you too. Because right now, you have a story to tell about your shelter cat. And that's what this show is about. The shelter cats that have made a difference for me. And the people that make a difference in the lives of shelter cats. And their stories. Because I want to inspire more people to adopt shelter cats. Or to foster. Or to get involved in rescue. Or to just donate to local shelters if they don't have the time or resources. You know, cats need our help. Cats need homes. And and we all need to do our part. And today's guest definitely does his part. So, that being said, how can you find me? Because I want to hear your stories. Send me pictures. Tell me about your cats. And who knows, you might be on my show as a future guest. Because I, I want to give a broad platform to everybody. From owners, pet owners, to to rescue directors so website is tywerthecat.com email is dan at tywerthecat.com facebook page is shelter cats instagram tiktok is shelter cats podcast threads is shelter cats podcast twitter is shelter cats pod pod youtube is shelter cats podcast as well or just shelter cats medium is sheltercats.medium.com. I blog most Saturdays. And am I missing anything? I don't think so. That's all of them. So find me on one of those places. And if you want, you could even support the podcast on Spotify. Look for the dollar symbol or look for Shelter Cats on Patreon. And um, you could support the show because I'd love to get better equipment and learn how to edit better. But you don't have to. 
and that's how you find me. So, without further ado, oh, and Sophie's awake. Hi, Sophie. My staff usually, my staff consists of felines, and they're usually asleep when I'm doing my shows. Um, they must be mesmerized by my Brooklyn Jewish accent. I have no idea. But at any rate, I have the unique pleasure of having John DeBacker as my guest on this show. John DeBacker is, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, he's, he's fairly well known as like trapper extraordinaire. And by trapper, I mean, for those of you that might not know what a trapper is, he humanely traps feral cats, stray cats. You're basically, it's a, it's a cage, there's food in the cage, the cat goes in the cage to eat the food, and he pulls the door to the cage closed, and then he goes and has them fixed, and he brings them back. That's TNR, trap, neuter, return. And that's what he does. And he does it 24-7, basically. He has his own van where he has equipment like trapping. And, you know, he's, he posts what he does on Facebook. Everything from, from an amazing story about a cat stuck in an industrial air conditioner to trapping cats that have unfortunately run onto highways and are in danger of being injured or killed to jumping into lakes. Uh, not just cats. I've seen him rescue, you know, geese and, and rabbits and possums and raccoons and um, birds. So, you know, there's nothing he won't trap and rehabilitate. He works with local vets and, and local town shelters, depending on where he does what he does. And he just does it 24-7. You know, my experience with John is I had a white cat about four years ago named Charlie. I have a colony that shows up at my door for food. He was like a white and black and gray cat, and he showed up at my door. And I started feeding him. And it was obvious that he wasn't fixed. And tried to trap him a few times, and it didn't work. And then one day after a few weeks of being fed, you know, after a couple days of not being around, he showed up with a big injury on his leg. And I knew I had to, I knew I had to take immediate action. And John set up the trap late one night, and he never showed up. And then the next morning at like six in the morning, Charlie showed up. I fed him in the trap, and by the grace of God, he went in the trap. And literally at the foot of the driveway, in my pajamas, I pulled the trap. <laughs> And I text John, John, I got him, I got him, he's in the trap. And it was 6.30 in the morning, John came right over, took him to the town shelter, they fixed him, they, they, he was fixed, his injuries were, were tended to, and then a week later, he was back here, back on, you know, released, and he became the sweetest, most unassuming cat, and somebody down the block ended up taking him in. And that's just one of the many, many stories that John has. So I had to get his story, like how he got into this, and, and how, how it turned into basically a 24-7 operation, all by himself. So without further ado, here is my interview with John DeBacker, Trapper Extraordinaire. Enjoy! Enjoy! 
Hello. Hello, John. How are you? Hi. Sorry about that. No problem. Take three will be much better. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. No problem. Um, You know, so my little podcast is really about like rescue cats, shelter cats, and I want to give voice to the people that have made a difference. And to say you've made a difference is an understatement. Oh, Um, thank you. You 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 simply amaze me. I mean, I came across you, much much like most other people. I had a white cat on my block three years ago. I didn't know what to do. He was injured, and they said, "Here's John's number. Message him." And and I think you were here at like six thirty in the morning, and 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 we trapped him. So, thank you for oh, yeah. what you do. And I have I have the questions that we discussed. So, sure, yeah. Without further ado. I'm just curious, like, did you grow up with animals? What's your background, like, growing up with animals? Actually, um, I've always had dogs my entire life. I actually only got my first cat uh, back in 2012. Uh, She was known as Destiny. I got her basically as a Christmas gift. And she uh, lived with me for the next 10 or so years. And she unfortunately did pass away last year from cancer. I'm sorry. So you had more. You had more dogs. Um, do you prefer one or the other? I actually. Uh, I mean, I love all animals. That's why I'm vegan, also. Um, but I mean, I prefer cats, honestly, over any other animal. Just because there's not enough people that do care about them. Well, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. Not only because I host the show, but because I have five of my own. Oh um, uh, yeah. But so I, I, I have nothing against dogs, though. I love dogs also. Oh yeah, my my landlord has a pit bull that that I adore. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And um, is what you do your full time gig? Uh yeah, it's full time. Yeah, some days are busier than others with emergencies. Some days are more routine scheduled trappings. And how did that? Like, when did you begin that? How long ago? And like, what what led you into? I mean, did you plan on this becoming such a all encompassing part of your life? Uh, not really, no. Around uh, 10 to 15 years ago, uh, when I was living in Seabird still, there was a house like around the block from me. Uh, the owner of four cats died and no family member wanted to take responsibility. So I helped trap those cats and they went to Bobby and the Strays. And from that part on, I just became a full-time trapper. And do you, I, I guess, you did you learn on the job or you just... Uh, yeah, I pretty much just I pretty much just learned uh, while I was there. It was it's really not it's really not too hard to trap. All you do is just put food in. Some cats are smarter than others and require more time, but eventually every cat is trappable. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, it, it took hours for the for the one you helped me with, and then earlier in the year it took uh, it took a few hours, and and yeah. it took you crawling under the front deck because you're much skinnier than I am. Thank you. Um, oh. <laughs> I would have, I would still be stuck there, so I, I appreciate that. Um, so that I guess that kind of answers my my next question. Like the first the first rescue you ever did was that those four cats? Uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Before that, I actually volunteered at Bobby and the Strays in Freeport. I was like, I just spent time socializing the cats, playing with them, making them friendlier, so they get adopted quicker. And there's always a need for socializers. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so this is your full time gig. I, you have your own vehicle, correct? Yeah. Um, what's a what's a 
this this is a loaded question, but I know I did send it to you. What's a typical What's a typical day it, for you? Because I see your, I follow your social media, but like, do you do you start your day not knowing what you have to do, or do you just have like a, a, a overwhelming number of calls and messages that you try to get to? Like, what's a typical day? How do you manage it all? You, you, uh, yes. Yeah, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Um, yeah, some days are busier than others. Uh, some days I pretty much just have uh, scheduled planned trappings. Like uh, if a cat shows up at like 7 a.m., I plan to get to the location usually a half hour to an hour before. So I'm all set up before the cat arrives. And then some some days are like full of, of emergencies, cat on highways, sewers, trees, stuff in car engines and stuff that needs like immediate attention. So it's it's putting out a trap and putting food and hoping the cat, like you said, they're most they're very smart. So the, yeah, the cat, the cat. The, can you talk a little bit about like how you trap a cat, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. With uh, routine trapping like TNR, um, the best thing to do is get get the cat on a feeding schedule, so you're not sitting there for like twelve, twenty four hours at a time. And once the cat's like eating consistently every day, then you just Go there in that around that time the following day. Oh yeah, so they so they they're they know when to show up for food basically. Yeah, yeah, just about every colony that I've trapped at the cats are fed on a schedule. They're used to like coming out at a certain time every morning or every night. Very very rarely the cats like show up in the middle of the day anyway. So it's more like evening time. Morning and evening, yeah. And and then you bring them to to um to be fixed, I'm assuming, right? Uh, yeah, I use a bunch of different clinics. I use Hempstead if the cats are trapped within Hempstead Township. I use uh, Helping Paws in East Meadow. I use Island Rescue in Bayshore. I mostly, I don't really go past Bayshore, so it's pretty much west of Bayshore. Okay. And I use all of my cats' clinics sometimes. So basically Nassau County to Bayshore is your, is your range? Correct, yeah. And sometimes I'll go to Queens or Brooklyn for an emergency situation. Like I recently got a cat that was stuck in an AC unit for two weeks. I went I there. I saw then. that. I saw that. That's a, that was incredible. Can you can you do you mind talking a little bit about that one? Oh uh, yeah, it took a it took a lot for us to get like approval from the housing authority to cut open the AC unit, but uh, I wasn't going to give up. And uh, I was I was actually about to make a post on Facebook for everyone to call them up because there's always a. Uh, you sometimes have success with power and numbers. If everyone calls up, no one wants the bed publicity. Yeah, but, for sure. But luckily, right before I made the post, uh, got the call that they got approval to cut open the unit. It's like a five thousand dollar unit or so, I think. And it, had to, and it had to be basically destroyed to get the cat out. Uh, no, not really destroyed. We just had it like cut open several parts of the ductwork. We didn't have to destroy the entire unit. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we pretty yeah. much uh, was able to cut open the ductwork, corner the cat in a certain area, and then I was able to grab the cat right out and put him in the trap. And no idea how the cat got into this AC unit at all? No, actually, uh, we, we believe because uh, the unit was installed two weeks prior, so we believe when they were installing the unit, the cat snuck in. No one saw the cat go in. They closed up the unit and been in there ever since. So we believe he was in there for two weeks. Oh my god! Because it, it was completely, uh, completely sealed, closed, so there was no other explanation how it got in there. 
and obviously no food for two weeks. My God. Correct. Yeah. And and how the cat is the cat doing? Okay. Yeah, he's in Foster with in uh, with someone in Brooklyn now. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It was very it was very cool in there. A lot of people were concerned it would be too hot, but it was actually the complete opposite. It was very cold from all the bl- uh, cold air blowing on him. He, he had a better deal than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess I'm just going down the list. Uh, what is like? What's the most? Can you, is there one one rescue you've done, and you've done this a couple of years? Is there like the worst or the most challenging? Obviously, this is a very challenging. Oh yeah, two weeks. Was there another? I guess second place. That is, is there one that stands out in your in your mind as that was that was the worst, most challenging? Um, because I'm sure you face a lot of like. You know, yeah, very challenging, and just having to go through and and keep yourself keep yourself motivated to to go through these things. What is there one that stands out as the most challenging experience you've ever had? Uh, yeah, highway rescue is always the most difficult because anything can go wrong. One wrong move, and the cat could be like roadkill, <sighs> uh, which happened like last year actually with the cat stuck in the center of the Grand Central Parkway. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend Carolyn Stratcher, uh, we arrived there. We tried to sneak up in the cat, grab it, but he bolted into the oncoming traffic. He got hit by two cars in front of us. Uh, luckily, he uh, he stayed stunned in the right lane, so I was able to. We were able to like stop traffic. I ran into the opposing lanes and picked him right up, or her up, I mean. And then I was able to put her right in the trap. I took her right to the vet, and luckily there was no major injuries. Somehow. Wow. So, yeah, and that and that cat's doing okay, despite the rescue will will always be with me just because she got hit right in front of us. Oh, I I cannot see that right that right there. That would that would almost that would probably break me. I, I don't know if I'd be able to. Yeah, we thought uh, we, we thought we lost her for good there, but it worked out in the end. That's that's incredible. So so highway rescues, yeah, they sound like like. They sound like like very high stress. Correct. Yeah, we did uh, did a BQE rescue also, and I just snuck up on the cat and hand grabbed her, and she's been adopted through the Brooklyn Cat Cafe. That was like on the ledge, like a twenty foot drop where it got away on the highway, but luckily it didn't get away. Wow. Um, and you know, I, I guess next I want to kind of give you the floor, if you you have free reign what what's the what advice can you tell people like what's the thing like i keep saying the same thing i keep having to repeat this what's the biggest piece of advice you can give people oh yeah um some people uh some people rescue just to make themselves feel better so i do want people to have the animal's best interest in mind for example it's like inhumane to keep a feral cat living in a crate for the, for its entire life Creating, I mean, creating an animal short term is fine for like to recover from an injury, but no animal wants to be locked up for their life. Some people think that they're doing good by creating an animal for years at a time, which, in my opinion, that's just cruel. Right. Yeah. The the first one you helped me, uh, you know, we released him back on the block, and actually somebody took him in. Yeah, if the cat's friendly, I mean, they can get adopted out, but feral cats are just miserable being like locked inside. Yeah, so that 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 makes a lot of sense. Is there anything 
is there anything else that you want people to know or how uh, how can people find you because obviously um do you rely on donations yeah it's all donation based yeah i never ask for money it's uh i don't want money to turn people off from getting an animal help so if you want to donate that's perfectly fine but it's all up to them and how how do they find you i'm on facebook uh under my name john debacker okay yeah, yeah. I, I actually post i post tiktok a few times but i don't use that consistently I try to, but I feel like I'm too old for TikTok, so I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, Facebook is easier. Um, yeah, I think for what I've, what I've, you know, you're my 30th episode, and I've, I've found that in, in cat rescue, animal rescue, it seems Facebook is the biggest platform that everybody's on. Yeah, that's and, true. And maybe Instagram, like a close second, but I'm, I'm, I found most of my guests on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so I, I, that, that, that tends to be correct. So yeah, go on John's page, you know, feel, feel free to donate. You do this day and night. You've, you've been such a great help. You've, you've done amazing things. I had to have you on. Yeah. Um, I pretty much do this 24 seven. I, uh, I re- I actually, a few years ago, or I think last year I got a call at 4am in the morning at LaGuardia airport, kitten stuck in a car engine of an, of a pilot's car, got the kitten out and it's been adopted through last dope rescue. And how many do you have of your own? Uh, it was originally supposed to be three, but I decided to keep one more, so I have four now. Rainy was my newest addition after nearly drowning in Hempstead. She was a uh, after a rainstorm. She was found in a, a water-filled garbage pail. She was soaking wet, uh, barely alive when I got to her, but luckily she's doing good now. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. That um. And you, so you have four of your own, do you, and you, I'm assuming, I know you kept my Charlie for like uh, almost a week while he recovered before he got released. Are you, do you, do you keep some of, some of those in your own place or obviously? Yeah, I actually, a, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, go no, on. No. Yeah, I, do you, do you, do you have the space to keep a few of the ferals you know, that are recovering for a few days? Is that something you do as well? Yeah, I actually have a, I actually was able to build like a custom built shed, has AC for uh, AC and heat. So uh, I recover girls for like three days, males for 24 hours. And uh, sometimes I hold them in my place short term. Why I didn't, why do girls and boys need different times like that? Uh, girls, the surgery is more extensive. They, uh, they have to cut the girls open and stitch them up. Males, the surgery isn't as extensive. The girls just need uh, more time to recover. Pregnant girl, they say, should have actually a few more days just because they're uh, even more extensive. Right. But boys, you typically 24 hours. Yeah, I release boys 24 hours after surgery and they're perfectly fine. And they could be released out and back into their territory at that point. Yeah, they always have to go back to the same location they're trapped from. Awesome. Well... John, thank you so much. This was this is you're, you're like you were like my holy grail guest, so I really appreciate this. Uh, if if you're in New York, if you're on the island, and if you're in if you find a cat and you don't know what to do, please reach out to John. Um, you are the guru for this stuff, and it is greatly appreciated. Uh, oh, thank you, and 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 thank you, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Bye now. <laughs> Bye.
Dan the Catman here, and there you have it. I mean, come on, just just amazing, amazing stuff. You know, and and he's a vegan, which I I, I wasn't entirely aware of. And, um, how can you not be? <laughs> but that's that's a that's a topic for a different type of show. So he does amazing things. He does this all the time. If you are in the New York area, Long Island, Nassau, the western part of Suffolk County and you know New York City as well he is on Facebook John DeBacker D-E-B-A-C-K-E-R John DeBacker you could find him on Facebook and friend him there and he has um, you know donation links where you could donate to his to what he does because the vet bills are exorbitantly expensive as I'm sure you're aware uh, you know, he works with people, as he said, but I'm sure the vet bills are just ridiculous because vet bills are ridiculous. So if you're able to, please donate. If you need help trapping an animal and you're not sure what to do, reach out to him. He's very receptive and he's very helpful. And, you know, he'll he'll go at odd hours of the day because it's it's all about, you know, getting that cat out of danger. So thank you, John, for everything you do. Go find him on Facebook. Reach out to him if you need any help trapping a cat or any other type of animal. And thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate everyone listening to my show. And this is Dan signing off, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Pet your cats. And take care. Bye-bye. Hello there, cat people. Dan the Catman one more time with a small update to this podcast. It is Saturday, November 25th, 12.17 p.m., and John DeBacker, the guest of my 30th episode, was instrumental in helping me trap another cat from my colony in my backyard. So I get to post a little update um, that John was able to help me yet again this morning. So one of my colony cats, Penelope, she is a tabby and white cat. Kind of looks like Jackson. So tabby with uh, kind of a white chest and white feet. And uh, she showed up about three, four years ago. She has two different color eyes and she has a tipped ear. So that means at some point she was fixed, uh, which is good. And she showed up there, you know, pretty much during the pandemic. And she's been hanging around ever since. And she sleeps on the back deck. And I built her a little... Uh, a little home out of a plastic container that I lined with waterproof bedding. So she sleeps here and comes and goes. And last Saturday, she showed up and she had gotten into something because she had an injury in her mouth. And um, I don't want to get too graphic, but her mouth was pretty badly injured and she couldn't close it. And uh, I could tell that either she got sick or she got hurt or I, I don't want to know. but. I tried to trap her last week, and she eluded me. I didn't see her for a couple of days, and then she came back on Wednesday, and the same thing, I tried to trap her. I, I messaged and called and texted and posted to everyone I know, including former guests of this show, uh, Strays of Brooklyn, who's a future guest, and the Brooklyn Rescues, 
uh, I, I messaged everybody I know to try to come help me trap this trap this beautiful girl. Um, and before I could get anybody here to help, she ran off again. Um, she she's friendly. She's sweet. I could sit with her. She'll, she'll let me pet her. She rubs my legs if I feed her. I tried to let her in once, uh, but she didn't want to come in. So she's a stubborn girl too. But finally this morning, I hadn't seen her in a couple of days and she was at the door. She ate a little bit, but I could tell that she was in pain because she was just sitting by my door on my ledge by my back door. And she was alert, but you know, I could tell that she was just wanting to stay here because she knew she was safe. So I begged and pleaded with John DeBacker to please come and help. And I know he's busy 24 seven, but he definitely graciously, thankfully was able to get here within a half hour. Thank God for John DeBacker, that's all I could say, because he was able to get here. And uh, and by good fortune, she was waiting. Um, she was waiting by my door and she didn't run off. So because the backyard is an open area, uh, John decided to use a net and he has a big net, you know, like the dog catchers in the old days, like one of those looking kind of net things on a long pole. And at first he was going to net her, but I kneeled down in the driveway and she came over to me and started rubbing my legs. So then John suggested that I net her. So I got a very quick lesson in how to net net a cat as part of the trapping. And you put the net flat on the ground so that, you know, they're enclosed in the net and they don't escape. So as I'm calling her and being really friendly and reassuring her she came out in an open part of the driveway without anywhere to run without any obstacles and bam i got the net down i threw a towel on top of her and she got trapped and then john put her into a safe trap and he transported her to the town of to the town shelter town of hempstead um let's hope they do the right thing with her I did call them and they said because she's a stray, they will take her in and they will treat her. And if she makes it, if she pulls through because she's sweet, they'll put her up for adoption. So I hope and pray to God that she makes it, makes it, whatever is going on with her mouth, she can recover from. I pray it's just a bad infection. I pray it's nothing worse. I'm going to call tomorrow with an update. But once again, I could not possibly have done this without John's amazing help. And John's just, you know, he's 24-7. Everybody wants a piece of him. Everybody wants to get him to help. And people are, sometimes they're not nice about it. But you know what? He is a stand-up guy. And he was able to come and help. And he transported her to the shelter for me. So thank you, John, so much for being you, for being out there, for just providing this service. You don't have to do this, but you do it. And you do it day in, day out. And you just, I could not imagine what would have happened to her without your help. So thank you, John. And no matter what happens to her, at least I know she's off the streets and she is getting help because that's what matters. And sometimes you just need to reach out to people and get help. So if you have a cat 
that's injured, don't turn away. Don't, don't turn a blind eye. Reach out to people. Post on, on animal groups on Facebook. Ask around. And you will get the help you need. And the, that cat will get the help that they need. So say a prayer for Penelope. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in next week's episode.